Just James Horror Reviews. I'm your host, Just James. And today, we will be looking at a Shutter Original Scare Package 1 and 2 for some sweet horror retro vibes. This is episode number 3. Welcome back to Just James Horror Reviews. I'm your host, Just James. Today, episode number three, we're going to be reviewing two movies, Scare Package and Scare Package 2, Rad Chad's Revenge. The first one came out in 2019, the second one in 2022 by creator Aaron Kuntz and Cameron Burns. Both are available on Shudder, that's where I watched them. I enjoyed both of these movies. They are horror comedy. I bring that up because, in a lot of other reviews I've seen, it's either going to go one way or the other. People loved it because they knew what it was, or people didn't like it because they wanted more out of it than what the people who created it intended it to be. Now, there is a great interview with the creators on the YouTube channel Horror Movies and Beyond, where the host interviews both of them. They go into a little bit of detail about what their intent was, kind of what this project turned into, and I encourage you to go to her channel, watch her review. It's fantastic. Me, uh, I just want to talk about what I thought about it. I thought the first one was definitely better than the second one. However, the second one really, I guess, expanded on uh, the what the people wanted from the first one. So the thing that made the first one so cool is that it's a story that goes into, it, it has a a overarching storyline with all these little mini stories in between and another part that I really like was these little mini stories are done by different directors I think sometimes the creators might have helped with this or that on them but different writers different directors things like that so you really get to enjoy a couple of different styles you know it's, it's a it's a it's an appetizer tray of all these different talents so it's really nice to see that in a movie so that you can be exposed to a couple of different things. I was able to look up these directors, different actors, and that sent me down the rabbit hole of more movies that I wanted to watch and more actors that I wanted to see in different films. So really cool. One of the things I noticed, so in the first one, there's a guy, the uh, the Devil's Lake Impaler, which is this, you know, Jason, Friday the 13th type uh, uh, character, and it's played by Dustin Rhodes. Now, a lot of these references, I'm going to say are for people that grew up in the 80s and the 90s Dustin Rhodes is a WWE wrestler you might know him as Goldfinger that's how I know him and the fact that he is the bad the you know the the killer in in the overarching storyline is pretty hilarious because I had no idea until I looked up the I am uh, BD thing about this movie so that's pretty cool anyway it has an overarching storyline about starts out with this guy who is um he helps create scenes in horror movies, but he's in a movie. So the term that I've heard some other people use is meta. I don't think I really know what that means. But anyway, it's a movie within a movie within a movie. And it starts to get so intertwined with itself and curling back on itself that you don't... Well, me anyway, at the end, I didn't know like which part is the movie, which part is not the movie. And, you know, it's kind of the point. I think the, the confusion and all that is kind of the point. I think it's kind of playing with the idea when that happens in other horror movies where, you, you know, what's reality anymore? And they can just do whatever, say whatever, and then just fall back on, well, none of this was real. So 
I actually enjoyed that part of it. It's very tongue-in-cheek, very self-aware. It knows exactly what it's doing. It knows it's making fun of all these horror genres, but it's doing it out of a, a place of love. I mean, they reference, there's got to be over 100. And I know for a fact that in that interview, in that YouTube interview, they say that they're going to, when the Blu-ray comes out, it's actually going to have like a pop-up video on the the movies for each horror reference that's in there. And they said last they counted, it was over 150. And they said there's tons of them that even they missed. And I think another cool thing, if you know, for the super horror fan is as you watch this, because this is what I did, I started noticing things, maybe things that weren't even referenced, but in your mind, you're, refer- you're always looking for the next reference. And I thought that was the cool part about it. Now, some people complain about the second movie, uh, too many references. I, it, I thought that was kind of the whole point. You know, this is something that you're going to sit down, you know, with some buddies, you know, chilling out and, and watching and laughing at the references and enjoying the fact that, oh, dude, you know, I saw this, you saw that too. Do you remember this movie? I remember that reference. And it's just kind of cool to pick them all out. I'm not going to watch this and look for some kind of deep meaning or deep kind of horror introspective. The uh, They even reference gatekeeping in the second movie. And I think in the horror genre, maybe other ones, but horror is the, the only one that I really am interested in and that I've been a part of for a long time there is so much of that just enjoy the movie you know who am I and who are you as a fan of the genre who's never created anything horror related uh to to shit on what these guys are doing you know I mean let these people make their movies and and let them do their different interpretations let them give their their odes to all these classics that we love and that we've grown up on I mean it's 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 just enjoyable so uh that's kind of my take on it. I thought both of them were awesome. There's in the first one, some of the sub stories are really good. The the gore is really good. It's almost uh, there's one episode that's kind of like toxic Avengerish with its gore. Uh, it's it's dark humor. I think the actors are very self aware. Uh, they they kind of act like they're in a movie. Um, Something I thought of, and it was referenced in the YouTube uh, interview, which I was very, which I was excited about that that they acknowledge that this is a part of it. But it, it almost reminds you of Scary Movie. So if you remember the Scary Movie franchise, how that worked, where everyone knew they were in a movie, but they were making dumb decisions, and then other characters you know, would would have to play with those characters that were making dumb decisions. Like why would they do that? And that's where a lot of that humor came from. This is very much the same way, but even the creator acknowledged that they're coming from a different place, whereas Scary Movie, I think in itself, was a comedy that played with horror. Uh, Scare Package is a horror movie that plays within the realm of comedy, if that makes sense. That sounds a little... Yeah, yeah, I I, I don't know. Hopefully that, that makes sense. Hopefully you understand what I'm trying to say there. But they are making it a point to reference and... Uh, you know, hold up all these old horror tropes that are going to be fun to see. You know, everything from the from the '80s and the '90s. They reference. Uh, let me see. Got some notes here. Uh, they reference old movies as old as The Fog, the old old movie, The Fog. If you remember the one like with the lighthouse and it's got weird glowing eyed pirates and that kind of stuff. Uh, they reference the the crazies. Um, Oh my gosh, there's so many of them. Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. All these different movies are referenced. And uh, another really cool thing and, and another thing to look for when you're watching it is it doesn't just reference it with scenes. 
it references it with dialogue it references it with the music choice it references it with camera angles and camera colors how the gore and how the uh, uh, scene the murder scenes and stuff like that are, are, are done the costumes I mean everything is a reference to these older movies the situations the decisions they make all that stuff it really is really really cool to see that they took the time to put all this stuff into these movies and make it just about that with still having a storyline that is um, easy to follow along with and, and manageable and realistic to the point to where it doesn't just jump into something that seems very herky-jerky or turns you around and you're like, wait a minute, why are we doing this now? So that's another part that I really enjoyed about it. <laughs> there is an interesting scene in the first one where, and again, you guys know I put spoilers in these. It's just me talking about it, so it's just what it is. So there's a scene in the first one where the guy is in a movie in a movie and then the main character gets tricked by someone and finds out that he himself is in a horror movie. So now we're like three levels deep into are we in a movie or are we not? Is this reality? And uh, he starts to look around and be like, oh, I'm the know-it-all horror guy in this horror film. Well, there's these security guards watching him on camera. And he's talking about like the... Uh, he's talking about Game of Thrones. And what's funny is I don't think he ever actually says Game of Thrones, but he starts talking about all this incest and trying to do these like family lines and, and trying to explain it to one guy who's never seen it and the dude's just not getting it and so he starts like well wait a minute was he his uncle he's like well no he's not his uncle he's the guy who came and he was having sex with a sister and doing it. and I just thought that was hilarious because for me I'm not a movie I'm not a movie buff you know horror is my thing I've seen thousands of horror movies so a lot of times when I'm talking to people at work or wherever They'll talk about other movies. Oh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And a lot of series. Have you seen these series and that series? And I'm like, no, man, I haven't seen that. So I've never seen Game of Thrones. I've never seen one episode of it. I've never seen one episode of, of Breaking Bad. And I bet these are great series, but it's just not something that I would rather use that time to watch another scary movie, you know, or, or, or read a horror novel or something like that. So to... The, to see that dynamic I've seen that with myself where these people are trying to explain like oh no it's crazy because this happens this I was like it just sounds like a bunch of incest and the the guy listening when he's telling him about these different family lines he's like well yeah he's like well that sounds like incest he's like yeah but it's his stepsister or stepbrother or whatever he's like oh so it's the good incest and the, and so he keeps using that term and he sounds real redneck when he says it so it's just really funny he keeps referring to good incest which I just thought was a really funny not needed scene whatsoever that they chose to add that just added to the humor of what was already going on you know I don't even it wasn't even really a horror reference but the fact that they chose to keep that in there to to keep the comedy rolling I thought was was a good choice I'd like to know more about why they decided to keep that in and, and whose idea it was and why they chose that because like I said wasn't referencing any horror movie when you have a movie that's referencing all the horror movies so scare package one uh it ends with the main character and a lot of the main characters dying. You have your final girl trope, and trope is a word that a lot of people use. I don't think I've ever actually listened, like looked up the definition of the word trope, but I think we all know what it means. But that's the whole joke of this movie is just all these different tropes. They trope it out. Uh, even a special guest appearance by Joe Bob Briggs is in there. He comes in and talks shit about people that do film critiques, even though that's what he is, which I thought is funny because he comes in and his acting is about as good as my film critiques if, if you know what I mean so it's like 
it's one of those where he's shitting on people, but then trying to do the same job that they're doing and it just doesn't translate. Um, you know, obviously he's a fucking legend when it comes to this kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm not going to say anything negative. I thought it was cool to see him in the movie. He has a pretty cool part and, um, moving along as, as he's going through, that's where the main character who you think is the main character ends up dying. So it ends with the, uh, the satanic stabber or whatever that guy's name was, the, the <laughs> Dustin Rhodes. I know him as, uh, the gold dust. So he will forever be gold dust. Gold dust was the killer in this movie. And it, it ends with him coming back to life after being killed uh, a bunch of times, or whatever. So anyway, it goes into the second film. We go into the second film. The second film starts with a funeral of the guy who owned the video store of the first one. Did I reference that? Maybe I didn't. Anyway, it's all about a video store. And on some of these references, what is cool is I didn't even get them until something happened later on that maybe pointed a little more attention towards it. So Joe Bob comes into the movie later on, and then I realized that the main character, he's dressed like Joe Bob. His storefront, his video store, the the sign on the front is styled like Joe Bob's uh, Shutter uh, series, and all those things were right there. And I had no idea because I was looking everywhere else for all these little tiny references, and this big blaring one was right there. I just thought that was really cool. Also, in the beginning, after going back and watching parts of it again, he he has him as like a air freshener in the car. So how I missed that, I have no idea. Anywho. We go on to the second film. They're at the funeral for the guy that owned the video store, and it comes up with a, a a video of him, you know, giving his own eulogy and all that. And he starts talking about different reference in different movies, and then the place starts filling up with smoke, and the doors are locked, and everyone's trying to get out. And you realize, like, okay, here we go. All right, yeah, you know, typical horror movie thing. Everyone's trapped in. You already know this kind of saw style thing is is, is coming. A funny reference that they did during that scene was real quick. A uh, one of the one of the female actors goes up to the coffin and she says something about his glasses. So he's in the coffin, you know, the uh, the lead guy's in the coffin. She's like, he he doesn't have his glasses. He can't see without his glasses. And I instantly got that reference, and I thought it was so funny that in the interview that the creators did, they said that they thought that that was one that people missed generally that they were surprised at how many people just reading online reviews and, and comments and everything that that was one that people missed. And that was, you know, one of the ones that was immediately obvious, uh, to me. And I think if you were eighties or nineties kid that, uh, you know, the my girl movie was, you know, that you got to see the home alone kid in the movie and then he got killed by bees or whatever. So that whole reference was neat. thought that was cool. Other references that they said they didn't think people got was something about one of the characters saying damn enchiladas, when he was getting sick and apparently that's a Friday the 13th reference from the fifth movie I didn't get it I don't remember it but what's cool is now I want to go back and watch it and see that reference so again that's another thing that's really great about these two films I feel like is that if you don't get a reference or if you do see something it, it if you don't get or understand the callback or if someone else brings it up you're like hey I haven't seen that movie or it has been a long time maybe I should check that out so the nostalgia is cool but also you know, going back and revisiting some of these old films and, and having a reason to do so, I think is nice. So they make another Friday the 13th reference where some guy does a dance and he said that was from Friday the 13th 4. 
which he said is one of his favorite movies. Uh, Koontz said that. that it's one of his favorite films. He even has a tattoo on his forearm of it. I thought that was really cool. So, you know, this guy not only is a horror filmmaker, but, you know, it's it's on his body. It's on his skin. He's committed. You know, that's your that's the kind of guy I want to watch a movie from. So, all in all, I think these films are great. I think when you watch it, you need to understand it's a horror comedy. Don't take yourself too serious. Enjoy the film for what it is. Try to find all the references that you can. You know, the second one, look, is is the acting goofy in some parts? Sure. Are there some scenes that look like they were acted out on a high school stage with set that was built by high school kids? Sure. But you know what? The kills are awesome. The stories are awesome. The the references and all that are, are, are all there, and it's just so fun to pick them out. Enjoy it, man. It's a good film. You know what? If you want to watch something serious, watch something else. But if you want to just sit down and have a good time, something lighthearted but still has all that, you know, over-the-top gore that you want to see in, in, in a B-movie, this is it. This, this movie was a ton of fun. I loved watching it. I hated to see some of the negative reviews because I feel like as horror fans, sometimes we we miss the point, you know, of why we're horror fans. You know, it, it's entertainment. Um, I will say that in the second one, too, there's so many. I bet there's a... I bet there's a more than one reference almost every frame um but the very first little short that they play is called welcome to the 90s and what's funny is it's about the the final girl kind of uh trope there's that word again and they go to a house and there's these three girls who are supposed to be the final girls well as i was watching it like my brain kept telling me like oh i there's a reference here i can see it because you can tell they're all dressed very distinctly very different they don't match really the surroundings around them and um as I'm looking at it, and then they actually kind of identify themselves by saying things that they like to do, or one girl picks up a wrench, one girl, every time they show her, to, she's shaking a bottle of pills, and this one, uh, another one of them ties a headband around her head, and it wasn't until they explained it that I realized, you know, one was a reference to Ripley from Aliens, one was the uh, final girl on the first Friday the 3rd, or not Friday the 13th, I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then the other one was the mom from Friday the 13th. And I thought that was just so cool because it snuck up on me. And when it got me, I was like, oh, man, <laughs> can't believe I missed that, you know. And so I just thought that was really cool. I think for some people, if they're too uptight about horror, I think they would see that as a negative. They're like, oh, this is so glaringly obvious. You know, they're not even trying to hide these, you know, blah, 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 whatever. I've, I've seen some of the, the reviews that say, you know, kind of along that vein. Super lame, dude enjoy the movie um but yeah so uh enjoyed it i think it's definitely worth a watch uh if you're only gonna watch one the first one i thought was cooler of a watch but the second one was more fun to play the game if that makes sense you can watch it pick out all these references find out more about these different people you can see different actors in there and find out more about them there was one um there's one scene where there was a lady in there that just kind of stood out and i know this sounds weird but i know you know what i'm talking about if you've you know anyone that's seen you know any kind of horror fans gonna notice this but there was a lady in there that was she was older uh you could tell that she had had a lot of facial work done and stuff so i'm like this is somebody this is a reference that i'm missing who is this lady so get on there, look her up, and I find out that she's, you know, a, a horror actress from the 80s. She was in Chopping Mall. I mean, Chopping Mall, dude. Who references and gets people from Chopping Mall? For my horror fans out there, 
that's awesome. You know what I mean? What what kid born after 2005 even knows what chopping mall is? So to reference that again, I was just like, oh, my sweet black heart, this is fucking amazing. So she was in chopping mall. She was in Night of the Comet, which I know I've seen, but I I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember it. I, I don't remember it all. I think it was around around those times as like uh, demons and and some of those other 80s uh, early 90s films. So yeah, this is this is just James horror reviews again check these movies out well worth your time have some fun man